0: Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Hi there, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. We have a great episode today with Stacy Isidro. She's a, a sex coach and has some other designations within that realm. She's also a sober woman, and so she specializes in sober sex coaching, if you will, which is a, such a wonderful topic for the community. So I know you'll get a lot out of this interview. She she also shares with us some really cool tools where we can go and access them online and we'll have all those those links in the show notes. Definitely enjoy the episode. And we're I'm also gonna have Stacy back for a shorter interview and more of a QA session in my Facebook group sometime in March. So if you listen to this episode and you find questions are coming up, write them down and just, you know, keep an ear out for the date in March when we have her back. And you're welcome to come in and be part of the interview as it happens live and ask any questions that you may have. And I hope you're enjoying February. I know much of the country in the United States is under snow. So if that's you, I hope you're warm and you have everything that you need. I have to say, I don't miss the snow, although we are going to go to the mountains for some snow next week. So that's what's going on in in my little world. So probably will not be a podcast published next week because I'll be on a vacation. But then we'll be back with more wonderful interviews. I have some, some more really great and interesting guests lined up it's it's wonderful how these people come into my sphere or i'm able to you know meet them or contact them through another person and they just come on and share all of this wonderful wisdom with us the other thing that's happening this week is I am offering a, a belly dance class Thursday, February 18th. It's gonna be at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this isn't going to be a long class. So if you are working, but if you're working from home and you can take a 30 minute break and hop on to the class with us and do some shimmies and just move your body a little bit, please join. The replay will also be available. Um, it's just gonna be posted as a video in the Facebook group. So if you're in the group, you'll be able to access it and see it. I'll, I'll leave it up there for a few days. But if you're able to join live, that's you know, so much more fun. Um, but this is such a wonderful way to move. I've been dancing, belly dancing in particular, off and on for the past 20 years. And it's always a practice I come back to. And the moving from like, the center of our bodies is so profound and so powerful and so joyful. So I love sharing um, I love sharing dance and getting together with women and dancing. So if you would like to participate, please come. You can have your camera off. You're under no obligation to you know participate in more than you want to, but just come check it out. It's a ton of fun. It really is just a joyful way to move. So the link for the Facebook group will be in the show notes. Come on in and join us and without further ado, have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week. Please take care of yourselves. I will see you soon, and thanks, thanks as always for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe, leave a review, and if you could maybe just tell one friend about the show if you like it, pass this episode along. That really does help it to, to grow and, and for the show to grow, so I'm able to access more and more of these fabulous guests. Thank you for listening. Hi, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. My guest today is Stacey Isidro. She is a sexuality coach, and I'm really excited to have her because Stacey specializes in the area of sober sexuality. And I know there's so much interest around this topic from the sober community and the recovery community. Um, and so I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stacy. Mm, thanks for having me. And I know that you have some more official titles affiliated with your name. So I'd love for you to just kind of tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and what you do.
1: Sure. Um, well, I started off this journey many years ago as, um, with a business and life coaching certification that I was using in the salon. I always say my former life, um, I was a cosmetologist and salon owner, and I coached our staff and employees. And as I was going through that process, they help you to find your niche. And that led me towards spirituality and sexuality. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. Like, what does that even mean? And um, I just noticed that I was always really comfortable with sexuality and felt very expressed. And um, that a lot of people didn't feel that way. And I was like, wow, maybe this is a superpower because it's such a taboo subject. And I'm comfortable and open and people just tell me things. So I'm going to dive into that. So that led me into... um, tantra sacred sexuality work uh, mentoring with a tantra practitioner sexological body worker um, getting another certification in sex coaching actually and then that led me to um, jaya's erotic blueprints and so i became a certified erotic blueprint coach jaya is a world-renowned sexologist and um, Yeah, I've been following her for many years uh, for my Tantra journey. So when she came out with that, I went ahead and signed up and I've been doing erotic blueprint coaching as well. And um, with that, we also do Accelerated Evolution. It's another certification and they have some tools that I use with my clients to help um, process intense experiences. um, dissipate duality and heal false
0: beliefs, integrate parts of the self. So yeah, there's lots of
1: tools and stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm so curious about the um, erotic blueprint. Could you tell us a little bit more? Like what, what is the, what is the erotic blueprint? Sure. So
1: it's an easy way to say it is that the erotic blueprints, it's like the five love languages, but this is for arousal and pleasure. So there's five different blueprints. And you can go online and take a quiz. Um, I can give you that link to put um, in the description. And everybody's a mixture of all different blueprints. And so it's a matter of seeing what's your blueprint stack. And that tells you how you experience arousal and pleasure in your body and in your life. And it also shows you um, some superpowers and also some shadow aspects that could be One, healed or turned into uh, an opportunity uh, for more growth and expansion. And then it's, yeah, it's about expanding the blueprints. So it's like different languages of how people speak. So one of um, the myths that I like to bust is that people are sexually incompatible. And to me, I don't believe that. I think it's more about learning to speak each other's language and how we give and receive pleasure, and um, communicating that, and then being open to receive so that we can connect with our partners and, and with ourselves.
0: That's beautiful. What a cool tool that sounds like. I would love the the link for that quiz, um, and I'm sure, sure others listening would as well. And it it feels really empowering. To be able to know those things about ourselves, because I think sometimes with sexuality, there is sort of this overarching myth of either like we click with someone else and we have this amazing sexual chemistry or, or we just don't. And I think there is certainly something to that chemistry, but both parties are also bringing their own you know sexual histories and personal histories and belief systems into it. Um, And so I think there's a fair amount maybe of wading through some of that stuff to see really how do we fit together um, as sexual partners and as just spiritual beings on the planet that want to relate to each other sexually. So I love hearing about tools like this.
1: Yeah. And this is a great tool uh, for the reclaiming your sexuality as far as um, in recovery or stepping into sobriety, or I've even found that if people don't have substance use or abuse issues that a lot of times they'll still use alcohol to get rid of like social anxiety and, you know, they use it to celebrate. And so it's so acceptable in our culture. I've talked to people that realize, wow, you know what? I never have sex sober. And so even if there's not an issue there, they have this realization of What would that be like sober? And why do I always have to have a few drinks to step into this space? So there's opportunities in all areas, but this is a great tool to use as far as getting to know yourself all over again.
0: Right. And I, and I, I think that that's so important when we do talk about sobriety or recovery or people who are sort of on that designated path of, you know, I know that alcohol is not serving me, so I'd like to eradicate it from my life. Cause I think there's a certain amount of getting to know yourself just as a person without the substance, without the alcohol, and then getting to know yourself as a sexual person, like even just alone. And then in, in conjunction with someone else, it's so multi-layered. Um, aside from the tool that you mentioned, what are some other ways that we could, begin to get to know ourselves like sexually in sobriety or, or even just as someone who, who as you said, decides they, they don't want to, you know, use alcohol every time they have sex. Like what are some kind of baby steps that we can start taking to just get to know ourselves?
1: So one thing that
0: I always encourage
1: people to do, or that I'll do with my clients is um, do like a little bit of a values assessment and start to, become conscious of what are your attitudes and ideas and beliefs about sex and sexuality. You know, sex is okay for, or sex is okay when, and what is the definition of sex? What does that mean to you? Is that only penetration? Is that like just touching? Is that included? So everyone kind of has a different definition is um, online sexual experiences. Is that sex? So what does sex mean to you? And when is it okay? And who is it okay with? And starting to um, break some of that down so you can evaluate like what's serving me and what's not serving me, you know? And then yeah. we can work on shifting some of the things that are no longer serving us. And um, I know men and women are kind of fed to different messages around sexuality And so men are often defined by their sexuality and the strength of their erection and how much they can ejaculate and how many people they can have sex with. And women are kind of fed this. You're not supposed to like it. It's for the men, only bad girls do this. So it's no wonder there's a disconnect here when we're being fed these opposite messages and trying to come together. So once we start to uncover you know, what are some of those beliefs and like rules around sex that we were either told consciously or that we received unconsciously and also through our
0: experience? I think that's such a great point. One of the questions I had originally written down for you was how do we differentiate like what we truly feel about like sex and our sexuality versus all of the, the information and the blueprint that we've been given, you know, throughout our entire lives and And I think like you just described, starting with some of those questions can be really useful to just figure out how do I even feel about sex or my own sexuality? Or what is that for me? Um, Such a useful like discovery practice.
1: Yeah. And it, um, a lot of times when we write these things down and look at them on paper, we can tell like you know what, I don't believe this, but this is something that came up like this is from my parents, my parents believed this, or my religion taught me that I don't believe this, but this is still hanging over my head. So even though I have a different experience inside and a different feeling inside, this belief is still impacting uh, my being. And so sometimes even just looking at those, we're able to identify what's ours and what's someone else's.
0: Yeah, which is so useful. And, and I know that this is, can be a really broad answer because I think most of the time it does involve some individual work, but what are some ways that we can start stepping more into what are our own beliefs and practice, you know, our own beliefs versus some of this old patterning or these old systems that we're still, that are still, you know, in us. So, well, one, I mean, figuring out what, what
1: do you believe, you know, that's, I think the first step. And then, you know, the second step would be going through and seeing like, what is serving me right now? Um, Because I've always been taught that um, if there's thoughts or beliefs or behaviors that are not beneficial to you, then let those go. You know, like if we're constantly thinking things and doing things and believing things that are to our detriment, that's an opportunity for healing. So I think it's looking at those things and saying, Hey, you know what, like this is not serving me or this is harming me, or, you know what, this got me to where I'm at today, but it's, it's not useful for me anymore, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's like a lot of heady stuff, you know, and it doesn't always sound like the most fun thing to do. However, it is, it is really valuable. And, um, also to, yeah, any type of like journaling that you can do around your sexual experience, um, you know, doing a, a sex history intake, you know, I often give those to clients, so it's, Yes, it's for me. So I have a level of understanding of where they're coming from, but it's mostly for them because Mm -hmm. they get to reflect back on all these experiences that shaped them as a person. And just doing that alone can be really healing. Yeah.
0: And I know that's a big part of, or can be a big part of some 12-step recovery work as well as the sexual inventory and taking a look at, you know, what were our behaviors in the past Um, and I think there can oftentimes be a lot of guilt or shame around past behaviors. You know, I see this frequently, not just around, around sex, but just behavior in general, but also around sexual behavior when we do, you know, for people who are in recovery, when there is that shift away from drinking, but it's like, oh, I've looked back and all of these things in my past don't, you know, they don't feel like who I am today, but I still have guilt and shame around them, or these things still come up and influence who I am now. Um, Do you have any particular ways that you work with that aspect of it with sort of that guilt and shame piece?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I do just want to add in there. It's like when you do go to 12 step groups, you know, it's mostly about putting down the substance and then, yeah, when you start working with a sponsor and going through the steps, you have an opportunity to go through all of your stuff. And I've still found that there's, not really a place for sexuality, you know, depending on the person that you're working with, you know, I had a sponsor tell me that, um, she couldn't sponsor me anymore because she had her own issues around sexuality that were not healed. And so just me and my being and what I was sharing with her about who I am Mm -hmm. was like too triggering. She's like, I can't really even be of service to you in this area. Like, because I haven't even done my own work there. You know, so, um, it's great. yeah, I think her to can...
0: recognize and say that that's, I mean, good yeah, for her. I, I,
1: I love her up and down and we're still really close to this day, but yeah, you know, so even in recovery, like there's not like this place where you really get to go into sex. Um, and then, Agreed. so to continue into your question, the, um, you know, the guilt and shame that comes up, um, Around our sexual experiences, especially uh, when we've been using, because it is, it's like we're a different person sober than we are under the influence of substances or within an active addiction. Um, you know, I work with people a lot on acceptance mm-hmm. and going through um, you know, it's it's a process that I do. It's kind of like a karma clearing um you know tell me um tell me something about the way you harmed yourself or maybe that you harmed others or tell me something that you have guilt about so we'll use a prompt specific to the the subject but then we go through and say what is the situation what happened and then how did this affect myself and others and what would i do differently today or what did i learn from that experience So going through that process kind of helps us to gain acceptance of like, yes, this is what happened. And I acknowledge the effect that it had on me as well as other people. And what did I learn from this experience? And that can be really helpful. And, you know, I think when we're in that guilt and shame mode, we're identifying ourselves and our being with what we did or with you know, how we're feeling even. So in recovery, we often talk about like, we're not defined by our past experiences. You know, they're just part of us. There's something that happened, but that doesn't define you. And I see that theme come up a lot when I'm working with people around getting in touch with their feelings. Um, A lot of times we'll say, you know, I am sad. I am happy and the reality is is that we're all of the feelings we're all of our experiences we're not just one of them so the reframe around that is i'm experiencing sadness or i'm experiencing happiness or i had a i was involved in or had a traumatic experience so i'm not this experience you know i'm still me so now my responsibility is to decide how am I going to move through this experience? What am I going to do with this experience? What am I going to do with this feeling to move forward rather than identifying myself as this one thing?
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. It's very well articulated. And um, I think if we have this really profound sense of like who we are, um, and that's a lot of the work that that I do is working with the nervous system to really come back to like the essential self. And I think it's from that place that we're able to, yeah, to go through all these experiences and really be okay with them because we really are very connected with who we actually are. Um, and I, I think that's obviously so true for, for sexuality too, or, or maybe it's not even obvious. It's became obvious to me in that moment while I was hearing you speak. And I also just wanted to touch on um, the bit about 12 step recovery and not having that, um, that piece in there. I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, I talk about this a lot where, I don't know if I talk about it a lot. I probably mention it, or I think 12 step recovery can be really helpful and really wonderful. And it's also it's really good to get outside help for specific things from experts, um, who are, who are trained in these things because they're experts who are trained in these things, such as yourself. Like, so you can really take people that next level deeper. And so I'm glad that you, you said that and made that distinction because it's an important one. Um, I have a a lot of things I want to ask you, I guess I'm curious if we, if we, are beginning this journey with sober sex, possibly with the partner? Like what are ways to begin that like communication or dialogue? A lot of the women that I work with and that I engage with in my group have been married for a long time. They've gotten sober. And so they're sort of walking this line of like, well, I feel different. My sexuality is different. Even if, you know, my partner's the most supportive person on the planet, I'm not quite sure how our sex fits together again. And so when we're talking about bringing another person into the, the conversation, what are some ways you recommend starting to have that conversation with them?
1: So if recovery is already a subject or if, you know, the realization of, Hey, like we only have sex when we're drinking, when that comes up, Um, it's an opportunity to um, continue that discussion. And one thing that I really think is important is that like, to me, recovery is about reclaiming the self and remembering the self and rediscovering, redefining the self. You know, it's about allowing our spirit to, um, to come through, you know, reconnecting with our spirit, and expressing that in within that reconnection to the self. um, There is the reconnection to sexuality. So even just saying, you know what, like, I'm in a space where I'm realizing that I'm rediscovering myself as a sexual being um, sober, and I would love to have that conversation with you. Um, I would, I would love to explore that with you. And to me, what that looks like is um, one calling that out, you know, I feel like a lot of people say, I feel like I'm a virgin all over again, you know, um, and using substances a lot of time, it numbs us out. So there's a huge disconnection from the body. So even speaking into that, you know, when I was drinking or when I was using before, like I wasn't connected to my body. And then now that I'm starting to reconnect and have feeling and sensation in my body, I'm learning what's pleasurable to me now, you know? And a lot of times, like in my experience, I had fear around like, oh my God, am I going to like the same things that I used to like, you know, am I going to feel comfortable in the same situation that I did before? Like, I don't know, I had to figure that out, you know? So even just speaking into, you know, I want to reclaim my body and my pleasure. I'm reclaiming my pleasure right now and inviting that person in to go on that journey so that they know where you're at rather than like keeping it shut down into yourself. Um, you know, it creates disconnection in that relationship. So speaking into that, And then asking that person to partner with you on that journey, um, you get to, yeah, you get to go on that together. But just speaking into that, I'm reclaiming my pleasure. I'm figuring out what that looks like again. And then I would say, take the blueprint quiz. Like that's a super fun icebreaker. Like, Hey, I found this quiz online, or I heard about this on a podcast. Um, I took this quiz. Like it's, you know, it's really interesting. It says that I'm an energetic and like, I want to know what your blueprint is. Like, what does that mean? You know? And then it kind of creates this fun dialogue around like, Ooh, what's, what blueprint are you? And Oh, wow. You, you receive pleasure like this. And I'm like feeling like that or, Hey, look, we're the same or. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. What a great tool. I'm definitely going to go check that out. Um, whoa. And yeah, the idea of just entering into the conversation around it instead of, I don't know, trying to expect things to be the same or having them be different, but not really giving yourself the space to explore them. I, I love to the concept of reclaiming pleasure because I think it's something as humanity we need to do and not even just sexual pleasure and sexual pleasure, but just the ability to feel pleasure in our bodies. It's one of the, the biggest things that was a surprise to me when I started working with somatic experiencing and working with the body and with sensations and when i would ask people you know really how do you know when you feel good like what sensationally is happening in your body when you're feeling pleasure you know when you're looking at a nice sunset or enjoying a sweet moment with your grandchild or whatever and it's like it was really foreign for a lot of us you know to be able to just even tap in to oh my god this feels good like oh i don't really i don't know it's it's not it's like it wasn't okay to be in the goodness or in the pleasure and so i think reclaiming our pleasure as humans is so Hugely important. Um, and with sexual pleasure too, like what a fun journey that can be if we sort of give ourselves the the space and the care and you know, really be, I think, some gentleness too, because it's it's not always easy to slough off a lifetime of baggage or past history, um, but to explore that, you know, with ourselves and with the partner. And so that sort of long-winded dialogue there or monologue leads me to ask you what are some ways we can start knowing what feels good to us. If we're exploring this, you know, what are some fun experimental things that you would, you would recommend or ways to start tapping into like, what, what does feel pleasurable for me?
1: Yeah, there's, um, lots of different ways. And one, I think what you said is so important because that's a huge issue that I find working with people, um, the disconnection from their head and their body. A lot of people live in the mental realm And so it's like, oh, I'm feeling good right now. And they don't have a connection to what that feels like in their body. So we're so used to intellectualizing um, that we, you know, we get stuck in our heads in a sexual experience because in real life, like we're not connected to our bodies. So I do a lot of stuff with like breathing techniques and movement and making sounds And really getting into your body and starting to create awareness around those body sensations. And I know for me in active addiction, it was like um, the highs are really highs and the lows are really low. And there was no in between. It was like off or on, one or the other. And what I realized in recovery is that there's so much more in between that I wasn't aware of. And so now instead of going into, um, I'm angry, I'm like, okay, what's going on in my body? Because if I say I'm angry, then my body goes into anger. But if I'm like, Ooh, like I can feel like blood rushing through my veins and like, I feel some tension and I notice my breathing shifted. Um, yeah, that's a little uncomfortable. So maybe I'm just uncomfortable. Maybe I'm not angry. You know, um, so getting in touch with what the body sensations are rathering, rather than just labeling them outright with our head. So it's, you know, breathing and feeling into our bodies and noticing uh, what sensations are happening, you know, and starting to call those out and not having to label them. Um, sometimes movement can be really helpful if we're not able to find words for things, because sometimes I know I'll be in a space where it'll take me a while to process and have something to say, but my body will want to move. So it's like turning music on different types of music and moving. However, my body wants to move. And it's um interesting because I've been a professional belly dancer for over 20 years, so I'm very connected with like dance, which I is know like, you that oh, you, we're, you're
0: a belly dancer. Yeah, I'm a belly dancer yeah, it's too. Like, it's, so oh, oh, yeah. it's, it's so great. That's so great yeah. that you pair that with
1: sexual <laughs> sexuality and sexual healing too. Yeah, but it's awesome. like we're doing a performance and we're doing a certain movement the right way. But with what I'm talking about, it's not a dance step. It's not a performance. It's just a moving, even if it's sitting there rocking back and forth, Yeah. you know, so finding ways to start to tune in to what's going on in your body without labeling it is really helpful. Um, I do a lot of stuff with like meditation and mindfulness to step into the body. And um, so those are just some pre-frame things to start to do beforehand and then stepping into pleasure. um, I teach people to set a container and is what that means is creating like um, some agreements or boundaries around like this experience. You can even set a timer and say, okay, you know, we're going to experiment with different body sensations for 20 minutes Um, I'm, I'm not open to penetration right now. Um, kissing is okay. Um, we can use these sensation items. Maybe you can use this oil. So it's like calling out, you know, okay, where am I at right now? What's okay with me now? And if you're a, maybe you're a no, and then it's having your partner, you know, you agreeing to holding that container for that amount of time. And then you can change the container another time. So it's about starting somewhere. So maybe you just want to start with some, you know, light touch, you know, like barely touching and see what that feels like on different parts of your body and what happens. And maybe you want to move into a more massaging touch on different parts of your body and see what happens. And um, in the blueprints, we do this game. It's called the AB game. And each blueprint has different sensations and different touches that go with it. So we teach people to go through and use different sensation items on different parts of the body and see what feels most pleasurable to you. So you could get like um, if you have like a, a really soft, fuzzy blanket, you know, and put that over your body and see what that feels like, you know, or get something scratchy or more prickly and see what that feels like. Maybe that feels better down your back rather than down your arm. You know, so it's about experimenting with different types of touch and different types of sensation and different parts of your body to see what happens and just see that everything is information. It's Mm -hmm. not a judgment. It's just information. And I've also found that in different states of arousal, different sensations will feel better or more intense sensation might feel better. So it's just kind of figuring out like, how are you wired and where are you at now? And just doing that little discovery session is like super fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it is super fun. and I, I love the idea of having it be a container. The container can change and looking at it experimentally. I love to look at most things in life as experiments that we can run on ourselves, you know, and a really a fun way to find out what feels good and what you know, it doesn't feel good. And when one thing feels good, it, it might not feel the same, you know, next week or on a different body part, as you suggested. And, and I love your focus and awareness on just being present in the body that speaks so much to, you know, my own truly belief system and the work that I do is how can we be in our bodies more and what a gift that is when we, when we are, um, and taking on, I read this explanation of interpreting or, or not even interpreting, but just being present with sensation of really knowing that that's the raw data that we're getting. So there's no need to judge it or try to make a story up about it. It's really just to accept it, you know, as, Oh, this is what my body's telling me in this moment. And I love looking at it that way. Um, and I think this, when we think about it in terms of like this pleasure container experimenting in the pleasure container to, to also just have that awareness around it feels, um, it just feels a little less intense or like, it has to be, everything doesn't have to mean, you know, this big, huge thing. It can just really be, this is what I'm experiencing in this moment. Can I be present with it? Um, and then just stay in that place from moment to moment to moment. So beautiful. And yeah. I know uh, oh, <laughs> you, oh, sorry. You, I was
1: going to say, and noticing when you check out too, absolutely. because sometimes
0: noticing when we check out, that's an opportunity there as well. A hundred percent. Really, that's such a great point. Yeah, are we disconnected? And I think that can come up a lot with sexuality as well. Like, when do I just kind of leave, um, and can I come back to the moment before that happened? And and what can we sort of, how can I stay here as we go through it the next time? You know. Mm-hmm. And you, I love that idea of a container. I think that's a really just. It's so. It feels so. I think I don't really like to use the word safe a lot, but it does. It feels very secure um, to have that container around exploring pleasure, you know, with self or with partner. And I'm curious too just about boundaries as a whole, like your take on them, um, or really how you teach people to, or some things that, that people can do to start implementing boundaries that feel okay. That might be different from when we were drinking, or they might even be just be different from the last time we had sex. Like what are some ways to start Discovering and developing our own uh, boundaries and how to communicate them?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, boundaries. Um, I think everyone has some hard limits um, mm. that are just like absolute off the table. Um, everyone kind of has some soft limits that maybe we're open to shifting in different spaces um, or according to where we're at. Um, so my partner and I like to talk about agreements Mm -hmm. so sometimes like boundaries and rules sound like really restricting and kind of like tense and feeling in the body so we talk about making agreements you know what are we going to agree to and we're always open to renegotiating those agreements you know so it's like okay right now um, in this container Um, let's make an agreement that we're not going to go into penetration. You know, let's make an agreement that we're not going to be focused on orgasm as a goal or an erection as a goal. We're just going to focus on sensations throughout the body and noticing what comes up. Um, you could also, um, take that in further into your relationship, you know, and like I was saying about um, what is sex and when is it okay and who is it okay with Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, I guess in former days we didn't have internet sex and internet porn and camming and all of this other stuff. So it's worth having a conversation in your relationship. You know, what does, um, what does like, um, commitment and fidelity mean to you? What does infidelity mean to you? What does monogamy mean to you? What does non-monogamy mean to you? Because some people I know they're like, oh, I don't care who they're friends with and who they have an emotional relationship with. Just don't have sex with them. And then don't have physical penetrative sex. I don't care what you do online. And then some people I've heard, you know, well, I don't care who they have physical sex with. I care if they're emotionally connected to someone else. That's a a violation to me, you know? So it's kind of starting to feel into like, what are some of these agreements like that feel good to me in this space and time and starting to have conversations around that, you know, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And that's a way to, um, To take boundaries and turn them into a a more light subject. And also knowing that uh, you can always have relationship check ins and renegotiate agreements. And you can even do relationship agreement experiments. Okay, this week um, we're going to agree to only having sex with each other, you know, or we're going to agree to. you know, do an experiment of having at least 10 minutes of intimacy once a day without penetration or, you know, whatever it is you want to create, but it's about doing like experiments and setting agreements for a set amount of time and then having check-ins and then noticing like, okay, well, you know this was an agreement, and I'm starting to notice I'm having body sensations like when this is coming up, so I want to talk about that some more. Maybe I need to renegotiate this agreement because I'm starting to have some challenges around it. And then it's going and saying, Hey, can we have a relationship check in? Can we talk about this agreement? I noticed that this is kind of feeling, you know, tense in my body and like kind of sick to my stomach a little bit, and you know, I, I want to talk about. You know, how can we come into agreement and shift this a little bit? You know, what, what do I need in this moment to feel safe or fulfilled? And for like my partner and I, and our agreements, we always keep as our true north is that our focus is each other and our relationship is of primary importance. So how can we both put this first and remain true to ourselves? what does that look like? And that's kind of where the soft, you know, agreements and hard agreements can come into play. You know, something can be, I'm sorry, I just, I really, this is a violation to myself. I can't budge on this or, okay, well, you know, I don't like this, but I love you. And I want you to experience fulfillment. And if I want you to be happy, and if this is helping you, like, I'm not like, feeling great about it, but I can agree to this for a set amount of time and see how that feels. And let's check back in, you know, so both people in relationships, as you know, kind of tend to make compromises along the way, but it's like, what are, what are you willing to compromise and when, and being open to continuing that conversation as you move forward.
0: I think that idea of regular check-ins is so vital just to see how are things feeling instead of like, well, we made this agreement and this is it. And I think it's easy to get sort of stuck or stagnant sometimes in agreements that may no longer be working. So I love the idea of relationship check-ins. That's really wise. Um, One more thing I wanted to ask you, and this may be a bit of an amorphous question, but are there checkpoints or, sort of things that you would advise people to have in place if they are, let's say, new to sobriety um, and they want to start exploring relationship and sexuality. And I know there's kind of a general rule in the 12-step community of wait a year before you begin dating, um, which I think can be really good advice, but I do think it's very situationally dependent. So I'm curious, instead of a time frame, are there sort of things or agreements maybe with oneself that you could see somebody having gone through to then say, okay, this may be a better time to explore a relationship versus, you know, when you were over here, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, that's the rule that nobody follows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's well said.
1: But, but, you know, and I will say, um, I waited a few years to step into a relationship with someone when I first got clean. And I am really glad that I did because when I was early in my recovery and not grounded in my recovery and didn't have a lot of time under my belt, and I was still going through the, I'm dealing with just not using thing, Mm -hmm. you know, compounding those relationship challenges that come up, send people over the edge that would have sent me over the edge you know and so yeah i do recommend that you get grounded in your recovery and in your sense of self and get your coping tools get your network in place you know um make sure you've got someone you can reach out to and talk to and i i love outside help and anyone that i've met that has long term recovery has outside help with all different areas yeah you know um so yeah i would say get really grounded in that um, before you start diving into um, relationships, and I know you're going to do it anyway, so we'll <laughs> go there. Um, you know, going back to those that inventory that you're taking. You know, sex is okay with. You know, okay. Well, like I had had um, kind of a, a a boundary with myself going in. I'm like, I don't want to sleep around with people in this program. You know, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not using this program to find sexual partners. You know, um, I don't want to be in a relationship or have sex with someone that is married and that doesn't know about me, you know, or that has a girlfriend or so it's kind of like, what, when is sex okay? Who is it okay with? you know and checking back in with myself am i okay with this boundary now that this opportunity has presented itself what's really my intention here you know so um yeah kind of you know feeling into what is your intention for stepping into a relationship with this person what's your intention for stepping into a sexual space with this person you know um is sex is this stress relief Or are you using this to experience love and acceptance and, um, that you're not getting yourself, you're not giving yourself, Um, is this just for fun and pleasure and that's cool and it's not a big Mm deal. You know, are you looking for a long-term relationship, you know, um, so kind of starting to tease out, like, what's my intention for stepping into this space here? You know, what am I, what do I think I'm going to get out of this? What is this doing for me or not doing for me? And am I using this to get outside of myself or to not deal with my own feelings? Or am I doing this to people, please someone, or am I doing this to manipulate and control? You know, like what's really going on here? And then checking back in, like, am I okay with that? You know, is this is this who I am, and is this who I want to be? And then we have the decision to act accordingly. You know, in the past, I know that I often use sex for manipulation and control and to get what I wanted. And then I realized that that wasn't it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for others. and in the long term, it always like crashed and burned. So I started to let that go and not do that anymore you know, so it gave me an opportunity to shift, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's about having that conversation with yourself.
0: That's wise, and knowing what the intention is, I think that's a really good distinction and, and a good question to ask yourself. Like, what am I, what is my intention with this? What am I getting out of it? Um, Stacey, thank you so much for spending time with us today and sharing all of your knowledge and your wisdom. It's such an important topic and I love the, the work that you're doing. It's um, it's really just needed and such a, a beautiful reminder that we are all like beings that are wired for pleasure and, you know, coming back to ourselves and and really exploring that from a sense of, of knowing ourselves is such an incredible journey really to be on and to have guides and, and coaches and experts like you is, is vital. So thank you so much. And is there anything that you are currently offering or anything that you'd like to pitch? I like to give people the opportunity just to, to let all of us know about your work.
1: Sure. I am offering discovery calls and it's about an hour to an hour and a half where we sit down and start to clarify what it is that you actually want, um, talk about what's holding you back and brainstorm on some ways to start to get what you want. And then if you feel like you want to know about what working together looks like, then I'm happy to share that with you as well. Um, But really, it's another way that I am of service and having a call with someone just to start to build a connection and give them some different resources. I've got tons of recommendations from, you know, online resources, books, events, classes, all types of stuff. So sometimes that first step is just starting to have a conversation and diving into some resources. And I'm happy to offer that to your listeners.
0: Thank you so much. That's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So I hope people take you up on that and we'll have all of your, your links in the show notes and um, the links for the quiz that you mentioned as well. I definitely personally, am going to go check that out. Um, well, thank you so much, Stacy, And, uh, thanks everyone who's been here listening and please feel free to reach out to Stacy. And as always, I appreciate your support for the podcast and we'll see you next time.